on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. So what happens is a lot of times narcissistic people get upset when they're triggered and they want to go to their addictions. Whether it's cigarettes, cigars, porn, wine, weed, heroin, right? Meth, whatever. Yelling, screaming, making you hurt, putting you down. Yeah, that addiction is like a good feeling. It's a fulfillment. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Tonight, we have part two of a conversation. So I want to ask you a question. Um, if you ever felt like you were being trapped in a relationship or have you ever wondered how to break free from some kind of emotional turmoil and you want to regain your life back. And um, what we have right now is a repeat guest who's going to come on and we're going to talk about narcissism and get into the mind of a narcissist. And you can hear it straight from his mouth because he knows. Hold on one second. All right. I thought I was having technical difficulties, but I'm not. So with that being said, let's get started. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss God is heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These 
black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog. Right, we're back again. Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. My name is Ursula B, and I'm just a black girl trying to get her shift together. Before we get started tonight, please like, comment, share this video with anyone who's in a relationship, or if you're in a relationship and you just want to dig a little deeper. Anyone on the audio podcast, please give your girl a five-star review. I would so appreciate it. And if it's on YouTube, make sure and like and share the video so that we can, we all can get this healing. We don't want to hold it to ourselves. We want to share it with the world. All right. Tonight, we have Mr. Leon Walker Jr. He is back on. We did a part two about uh, the topic was understanding narcissism. He is a diagnosed narcissist. But the cherry on the top with him is that he is doing the healing work or he's continuing to do the healing work. And um, we, we all can do that as well. So I'm going to bring Leon out of the waiting room. What's up, Ursula? How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm well. Like I said earlier, it was a long day at work, but um, mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm where I want to be right now. So we right. can have a part two of our discussion. Yes. Yeah. And so um, just as a recap, do you want to let everyone know probably in two minutes on your narcissism journey or being your diagnosis of narcissism? Yeah. And so um, narcissism starts in the childhood through uh, neglect, trauma, <clears throat> abuse, being bullied, called names, picked on, all of that, forgotten about, left behind. Um, I come through... Uh, my childhood as being molested a few times, my parents divorced, um, suicide ideations, addictions to porn. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, I lost my way at an early age. You know, I didn't wanna be married, didn't wanna have kids, uh, didn't wanna love, didn't believe in God, didn't have empathy. I knew, I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't find out until I, until I joined the Navy. <clears throat> and then mm -hmm. when I joined, it started, my diagnosis started, but then, you know, you, you go into therapy, then you quit, you go back, you quit. And yeah. yeah, I didn't go back into therapy until I was 46 years old. I'd seen psychotherapists, didn't even know what a psychotherapist was at 46. I've seen psychiatrists and psychologists. There's no medicine for MPD, there's talk therapy, and you have to stay in it. You have to be open, you have to be honest, you have to answer questions, you have to ask questions, you have to do homework. And it's not easy because narcissistic people are those people that run away from themselves. They run away from their childhood. Um, and then the last thing they want to do is face somebody, just pointing a finger at them or even just say, you know, giving a constructive criticism. So I didn't want to do that. But in the military, we're held accountable with our issues, whether it be anger issues, domestic violence, narcissism, whatever. Um, therapy, you have to go. You have to show up. You have to stay. You have to complete it. You know, I meant to ask you last time. Um, oh, and for everyone, I'm going to put part one of Leon and I, in my discussion that we had, our conversation. And you can always go back and look. I meant to ask you, in the military with therapy, does everyone have to take it or is it just no. as needed or no, as you feel it's needed? It's as needed. Um, That's wild class, to me. Yeah, yeah. So they, what happens is, we as leaders we have to leadership is not just telling people what to do it's understanding people 
knowing people, understanding personalities, uh, taking care of people, knowing their families, um, find out what's wrong with them, getting them help. Okay. So you may know that a person is abusive, verbally abusive, aggressive, has to want to win all the time, loves the attention. It's like, well, look, man, why do you act like this? Why don't you go see a counselor? Uh, no, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm giving direct orders. So the captain will tell people or recommend that, hey, you enroll in therapy. And then people find out. I'm either schizophrenic, narcissistic, sociopath, psychopath, I have anger mm -hmm. issues, whatever. And so you go, and in the military, NPD is not direct, it's not related to a disability yet. But say, for instance, you go for PTSD, that's related to a disability. So in order for you to get your disability rating and get paid for it, you have to complete your therapy. It's the same thing with MPD. It's the same thing with anger issues. You complete classes, courses. You have to show up. Right. But you, I would think that just being in the military itself, anyone can benefit from therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we get the, the reason why we have the best is because doctors and dentists work in the military because they don't, they can't be sued. There's no malpractice. So they can make a mistake, like they misdiagnosed me. My 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 narcissism was found early on. My PTSD wasn't found until 27 years after it happened. And really? Gave, yeah, yeah. And they gave me ten thousand huh. dollars. They gave me ninety five hundred dollars for finding for missing my PTSD. It should have been found in nineteen eighty seven, but they didn't find it until two two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I never bring it up, but we can talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. And so they gave, they said, hey, we're sorry. We misdiagnosed your PTSD and we will give you back pay. So they gave me a check for 9,500. So yeah, doctors and dentists and lawyers and stuff, they, they, a lot of them use the military to pay for their education, but it also covers their malpractice. They, there's no malpractice or, you know, they, they'll get their, their insurance is paid. So it's a good way to go. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I, not even with the, okay. Now that you say that, because I, I do know several dentists that were in the military. Mm -hmm. It just clicked in my head. Okay. Oh, yeah. So our last conversation, we talked about your early childhood um, mm -hmm. with your mom and your, I want to say your grandfather, but um, we're going to talk about your early childhood with your father. But before we get into the father, I want to ask you a question. I meant to ask you last time about your mom. One of your videos talked about breadcrumbing and mm -hmm. you got that from your mother. Can you explain that? Yeah, and what so, breadcrumb yeah. is and right. how all that works? So breadcrumbing, what happens is, and it's like it's not like my mom did on purpose, but in the beginning of the relationship, you, say for instance, narcissistically, narcissistically speaking, from the love bombing, you give a woman all of this time and quality time and attention and affection, and you're showing up early and you're texting and you're calling and you're there, right? You're present. And then you pull back and then she starts to complain. Then you're like, okay, you give a little more. Then she say, okay, yeah. And then a few days later, you go back to your old ways. Then she complains again, you give her a little more, a little more, but you're not giving her what you gave her in the beginning. It's not full blown. It's just to give her a little bit a taste of what she was missing, what she liked, what she wanted, and what she desired. And you give her a little bit at a time, and then you disappear. And when she complains, you come back and give it to her again. It's just a cat and mouse game. But they get addicted to it because either, one, she hasn't had it in a long time. She's never had it. Um, <clears throat> she's never been treated that way. Then I pop up. 
I treated that way for a good 60 days and then I ghost her and then I started to gaslight her, right? And then I breadcrumb her. And for me, I was very, I had a voracious appetite for women. I was very greedy. So I could do it for months and years with the same woman or same women. It was going to always be four or five women. It didn't matter who. What? Yeah. yeah. I, and I was going to ask you, does that become exhausting or is it the no. cat and mouse that keeps no. the energy going? It's right. It's not, it keeps the energy going. It's motivating because remember, it pays into my ego to have a woman chasing after me. So with my mom, she did a lot as a mother. And then when my parents got divorced, she was gone. And then, you know, she wanted me to pay her rent, so I paid her rent. Actually, I wanted to pay my mother's rent. She allowed me to pay her rent from 92 to 94. And then she just stopped paying the rent, and she started getting high. She got high before that, 10 years before that. But it was like my mother would pop up and then go away. And she knew that I wanted, I needed, so I need a mother, you know. And how do you know she wanted, how did she know that you wanted it or needed it? Well, what did you feel? Well, it was like... My mother was always nice to me. My sister says I was a favorite child. So my mother never screamed at me that I can remember after age 11, nothing happened. My mother was like, I did what I wanted to do. She never yelled at me. She never put me down. She never called me names. She didn't spank me after 11. Probably after eight or nine, my mother, I was just a kid to do what I wanted to do. Um, and so we had like this understanding that I was the golden child and I did what I wanted oh. to do. And so I felt like I, I could do it. So with that being said, when she left, I couldn't find my mother. So every time I would come home on leave from the Navy, I look for my mom, I find her, and she would just be like nonchalant, knowing that I she was gone, knowing that she was a crackhead, knowing that she was absent, knowing that she wasn't there. She you know, I'm like, Mom, I I, I won Sailor Deer, I want to show you my trophies, or I want recruiter year, I want you to come to the banquet. Gone. All men and your little boys want their mother's approval. They want the validation. The dad, yeah, but they really want the mother's approval and validation. And that probably comes from being in her womb. It comes from being in her womb through mm. the placenta and umbilical cord, you, the nurturing, and you you develop that close, closest from your mom. When you, you know, through being birthed and nurtured and then breastfed or mommy's always there. Right. And you develop that connection, that closest. And then when she's gone, it's like, it was like you look for mom, then you become super pissed because mom is not there. And then you look for mom and your girlfriend or you look for mom and your girlfriend's mother. The mother's going to be there because their girlfriends, none of my girlfriend's mothers were crack kids. It was just my mom. So they mm. were there. They were there for me. So I fell in love with my girlfriend's moms more than I fell in my, love with my girlfriends. Really? Yeah. Because I, I didn't, girlfriends were easy for me, Ursula. Mothers were hard for me to get. I didn't, my mother was gone. So I was like searching for that. I can, I'm not bragging, but I, women were always easy for me to get. So I was like, right. I got you. That's nothing. I need love. I need caring. And so I was absent of love and caring, hence narcissism. So, I, and I can see your point when you're wanting that mother's love and you're finding it in women but and, and that validation. But did you ever want that validation from males or was it at a lesser degree? No, it was a lesser degree. Males, I mean, males are like either going to be beneath me or competitive 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 enough to make me outdo them and then but the females were where i got my motivation from to, to outdo males and be competitive it wasn't the males they were just Why like there to either make to drive me further and to be better by virtue of proximity them showing up where i was in the same program in the same school but i did it for the attention from the women mm. and, and my mom but she wasn't there so 
whoever I was dating and her mother. It was like I needed that. I needed that. I couldn't if there if I, if I didn't have the validation or verification or, or justification from a woman, it wasn't important to me. So, okay, so that makes sense why the the serial cheating, just right. getting those dopamine hits. Because right. if one woman couldn't get it or give it to you, then you'd get it from another woman. And yeah. then the cycle, right? It's constant. It's consistent. That's why That's why I did a video on this. That's why it's hard. That's why narcissistic people struggle in marriage. Marriage is not an important thing. Marriage was, marriage. My parents' marriage wasn't important to me as a kid. How could it be? When by the time I turned eleven, they were on. By the time I was nine, they were on their way out. So I nine years of living with my parents, and all of a sudden, and some of it was tumultuous. Some of, some of it was violent. So you really think I have an idea of what a husband is supposed to be? Right, no. right. Yeah. Hence, narcissism. Not want to be married. Not want to be. Not want to commit. Right. Avoidance issues. Attachment issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Emotionally detached. I wasn't attached to nothing and nobody myself, hence narcissism. So I always wondered how narcissists, because of the detachment, why would they get married? I can see how kids well, can be a byproduct, but well, yeah, but they get, what happens is what happens is the greed and the lust. So I got married because I didn't want anybody else to have her. I was gonna still cheat. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I knew that, but you think I'm gonna tell her that? No, because I want to keep her. And then I got her, and we, I cheated and destroyed my my marriage. Me and my How long were you married? Twelve, almost twelve years. Okay. So, what was the most challenging part about the breadcrumbing? And not the breadcrumb, well, yeah, the breadcrumbing, but the cycle of partners that you had. There was no challenge. It was fun. So now, right? So here's the thing, Ursula. This. You have to understand, well, mm -hmm. you don't have to, but please understand that Yeah. narcissists speak to me, being an overt narcissist, right? I didn't care about getting caught because I'm going to talk my way out of it. You have to remember that the women that I was dating were just people that were, I, I'm not going to say like me because I couldn't handle women like me. They would piss me off too bad. Narcissistic women, I couldn't stand them. Was but it the too women, much of a challenge? It, it was Because it was like hitting, it was cat and mouse and it was like drain, it's like whatever you like me i like you you don't me you don't like me i don't like you i'm a ghost you ghost me it was a challenge they were too much like me and i didn't like it so right. it's like fighting attrition but the women that were not like me that were easier that were broken like me that were dysfunctional low self-esteem no confidence they're easy to manage and they're not going to go anywhere they're not going to leave leave me because they've been left before so we shared that that fear of abandonment so even when i got to the point where i started saying that Telling women that, hey, you're not the only one, just so you know. And I didn't care. I was very cocky, very arrogant. Right. And I didn't I didn't fear getting caught. I didn't fear the wrath of God. I didn't fear anything. I didn't fear any consequences. So it was like if there were consequences, it became to whereas I was addicted to danger and I liked the consequences, if there were going to be consequences. I remember you talking about that part, the danger mm -hmm. part. All right. We have a question from a viewer. And they, Kenya... This is not a silly question. I never thought about this. She said this may be a silly question, but did you ever have a connection with a pet or an animal? Yeah. So narcissistic people really like, I think, unconditional, 
I don't call it love, but unconditional care, unconditional understanding. Mm. Like dogs, you can yell at a dog, spank a dog, they'll run away because they will always come back and you get your anger out on them. I'm not, I was never abusive to animals. I did enjoy animals. We had cats and dogs. I have a dog now. Um, I don't like snakes. I, I don't like killing roaches. I don't like killing ants. I don't like killing bees. So yeah, that's not a silly question. It's a good question. It is um, a great question. I never thought about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. anyone who does have a pet or loves pets, there is that feeling, that same dopamine rush, those endorphins come out. So that's right. actually a great question. Yeah, it is. Hey, Patrice. She's one of she's been on my show a while ago. Mm-hmm. So um let's talk about your childhood with your dad growing up. Mm-hmm. And how did that turn you into the person you are today with your personality, your character? Yeah. Right. So my dad was was very extreme. My dad was the verbal verbal abuser. Um, he never told me he loved me. Never those words never came out of my dad's mouth. But he was sure of love. What I thought was love. So my thing was when I had start having children, I provided. That was my way of showing love. And I didn't start telling my kids I love them until my ex wife one day was like, Hey, Leon, you know we haven't said we loved each other in a long time. And I'm like, dang, I didn't, I didn't even know I did. Cause love saying the word love didn't mean absolutely nothing to me. Mm. I never, I didn't feel it. People. And I told him, I said, if you tell me you love me, I'm, there's a chance I'm going to leave you right now. I would tell them. I told him that. He did like, they what? stay? Yeah, they stayed cause they didn't believe me, but I was absent once they said it. I'm like, okay, so you think I'm playing now I'm going to show you. And I would, mm-hmm. I wasn't physically abusive at all. I was verbally abusive, but I was mentally abusive about being absent and, cheating and lying and ghosting and disappearing and saying you love me scared me and i remember saying that as a teenager don't tell me you love me i don't want to hear that i remember saying that and women is like really? what? yeah 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 they're like what and so i was always afraid of that because it's like now i got to say it to her i don't know how to say it i don't know how it feels i don't know what love means i have no idea now i do it's still hard but going through therapy i can understand you know this is a, a reciprocity type of thing you know Right. I explained to my new girlfriend, the new wife, whenever she may come, that hey, this is my way of loving or trying to loving or understand or really liking you in a certain way. Don't ask me over and over again about love. I don't want to talk about it, you know. And so that came from it came from not having that as a child. This is great that you brought this up because I have group therapy every week, and that topic came up. So, and now I have you on the show tonight. So this is actually great. Mm-hmm. To ask you, when your partner tells you that they love you, what does that trigger feel like? I know what you're um, saying to them, but what what is that uncomf- What is that feeling to you? It's like a feeling what are of thoughts in your head. It's like, man, this is eternal. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I remember. I, I, you, you. That's a great question because I can. I remember that, and I was like. And like, what's wrong? They would. I couldn't even hide the fact that I didn't want to hear that word love. I love you, Leon. And like, why? You know? Right. What did you get out of saying it? I get nothing out of saying it. That's what I was thinking. And she would say it. All of them. All of my exes told me that. Until they was like, "Well, I ain't gonna say I love you no more because you obviously don't want to hear it." I'm like, "Yeah, thank you." Right. Right. That's interesting because it makes you makes you feel uncomfortable. However, you do want that love. Yeah, it was more of the, 
admiration. Mm. I want her, I wanted to be her world. So I would say, you could say, I admire you, Leon. You admire everything. And that was like, oh, that was at home for me. That was like my ego, right? Right. Because it was like absent of love. So I thought, but they still want to say it, but I'm like, don't say it. Just say what I want you to say and we're good, you know? Right. So how did how how did it make you feel when you knew you were hurting people emotionally I or even care. yourself? It, there was nothing. There was no feeling there. Like it was their fault that they got hurt. I wasn't. I didn't show up to hurt you, but you triggered me, so you got hurt. So this is what you get. I didn't. It didn't. It's like I'm smiling now and I'm not laughing, but it's like I think I'm thinking back, back on like years of like hurting people. It didn't bother me. Not at all. It was like, like breathing. It's like, right. nothing. yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So what? So yeah. there was no guilt or shame associated no. with it. Zero, zero. And yeah. And it's like, why should I connect to that? Because that takes me down a different path that I don't want to go. That's your path. You're hurting. I'm not going to go down that path of hurt with you. You shouldn't have pissed me off. That type of thing, you know? Right, and I was, right. That would fly off my tongue. I'm not like that now. I'm more like understanding and like I process it. I'm like, okay, let me just think. Let me before I say anything, or let me just console, or let me hug. But before, it's like I don't have time for hurt. You right. know, people mm -hmm. hurt me as a kid. You think I'm I'm gonna go over here and hug you and experience that pain? My pain was worse than yours. Shut up and quit crying. I don't want to hear. It. Yeah, that's how it was. Right. We have another question. OG Patrice said, do, do most MPD individuals have some form of addiction, addictions? OG Patrice, that's my girl. She good people. I've been on her, her show like four or five times recently. So yeah, we get it in. Um, She's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. There are a lot of addictions. So it, what happens is a lot of times narcissistic people get upset when they're triggered and they want to go to their addictions. Whether it's cigarettes, cigars, porn, wine, weed, heroin, right, meth, whatever, yelling, screaming, making you hurt, putting you down. Yeah, that addiction is like a good feeling. It's a fulfillment. Rather, I'm doing it because you pissed me off or I'm doing it because I want it right now. Um, I'm doing it because I can. I'm doing it because you don't like it. I'm doing it to hurt your feelings. Right. Leon, I'm tired of you smoking cigarettes. So what? I'm going to smoke another just because you open your mouth. Right. Did but you see that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you good. The addictions are are rampant, run rampant. And they were they did it mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sex definitely is an addiction as well. Um, I had read somewhere how... Um, this individual, he was very uncomfortable speaking about his feelings because he didn't understand his own feelings, but he knew something just was different. So he would go on his rampage with his partner, but the only way he said that he felt like he could actually communicate was through sex, but there was no verbal communication. I was quiet during sex all my life. Because when mm. I was molested, I remember being told to be quiet. And that kind of went into my sex life. Women would ask me, Leon, did, did you enjoy it? I'm like, yeah, why? 
I was silent. Because, right. Not only because I was molested, because that's the form of expression. And I'm yeah. not to be like, I'm not about to, ooh, ah, baby, I love you. Oh, that wasn't coming out of my mouth. Right. I'll satisfy you in other ways, and you'd be, you be happy with that because you're not going to hear me talk. I, women, all, all my life, Leon, you quiet. You didn't say anything when we were having sex. Did you enjoy it? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And then we get mad. I'm like, look, we had sex. It was great. You, ooh, and I, so let it, leave it alone. Right. Yeah, I was not expressing myself at all. So back to the communication, did you mirror that from your parents as far as how they interacted with each other? More than, yeah, yeah. I, I can remember everything about my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no, I never sat at the table with my wife and kids and prayed before we ate, 12 years. My parents never did that. My parents didn't either. And so I couldn't stand when people would pray before we ate. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. So my, I emulated, I married my parents' um, performance and progress in marriage. Yeah, I did. Mm. Easily, That's- too. Easily what? It, I, I mimicked what they did. It was, it was natural for me. That was my norm. So I'm going to share my transparent moment. Cause you just triggered something in my head. I remember growing up and when we would have family dinner, I remember my father actively going in another room to watch TV and eat his dinner while my mom and I stayed in the kitchen Uh and we had that. And I remember, I don't know if she asked or I asked cause it was so long ago, you know, like, why don't you come and sit with us? Right. It was World War Three up in there. Oh, yeah. Just because that question was asked, you right. know, and that was the norm. So for what? Oh, I just thought about this. I just thought about this. There would be family dinner at the table if we had company because now we had to perform for everyone and how we're, mm-hmm. you know, the Huxtables. Right. Right. So there we go. Um, we have another question. Uh, do NPD individuals ever miss that one that got away? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, Ursula, but hell yeah. <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, it was like probably three. And uh, yeah, that hurts bad. What's going on in your brain now? Because I can see it on your face. Now I, I'm wondering where she is. I think about I'm like, man. You know, what is he doing? How is he treating the house? You know, how does he turn out? Because I've always had good women. I'm like, I would let go of one or get, I was always getting rid of them. But, and I'm a wonder, Mike, wonder, like, was I like, what is he getting from her? You know, that because I was always trying to drive women crazy. And a lot of times I was with them just for sexual reasons and just to exploit them. And I never really got to know them. So now it's like, you did what? You married who? You did what? You know? I didn't see that in you, you know, but it was there. But I was always consumed with who who I was with them and not who they were with me. Mm. I had to be their world. So automatically she's going to perform for me. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. But that's because I had to manipulate her into doing certain things by making her think we were going to be together to be together for a long period of time. It wasn't going to happen. 
Wow. Yeah. Your face showed everything. Yeah, that, that was a good question because I think about them. I did a video about that. There's always in my life there was always three women that I I regret like hurting and pushing away and ghosting and as yeah. And it's like, man, yeah. But I I don't like thinking about it because I can I can attach my emotions to it. And I'm good at not attaching my emotions to things. So I'm not worried about soaking and hurting and crying later on tonight. You just turn it off. Yeah, you turn it off. That's why I don't want to, through therapy and practicing and doing these videos, um, I can turn off a lot of things. I could turn on a lot of things. And it would be legit, like totally disconnected or connected to reconnect to have her come back to me and then disconnect again. I could do that, but I don't want to do it. I don't. I really don't. I don't. So I'm glad you said that. So what has been some of the most challenging aspects of trying to manage your narcissistic traits? Being lonely because before being a, being a horse promiscuous guy, I was never lonely. I had access to all kinds of women. I mean, like white women, Asian women, black women, of course, Latin women, it didn't matter. And now I, I'm talking all this stuff. I'm doing all these videos. I can't because if I go back to being promiscuous, I'm going to go back to gaslighting and ghosting and giving the sign. We'll go right back to it because I'm not going to be committing to five, six women. I'm going to they're going to be just additional supplies. So I'm going to be lying again, deceiving again, broken mm. promises. I'm not going to. Now I'm too tired. Not that I'm older, but I, I don't have the nerve and courage to do it. When I was younger, I had a lot of nerve, a lot of courage to do those things. And it was fun. It was right. Yeah. So what advice would you give? anyone who may they may not be diagnosed with mpd but maybe they have some narcissistic tendencies whether they're strong or or subtle i think we all we all have subtle we all have narcissistic tendencies but some that are very high like what what advice would you offer someone to get help to sit down and talk to someone because without help without the talk there without people expose you and you've been okay with it you're gonna you're gonna hide it you're gonna keep doing it it's not gonna stop mm. you know i tell people they say well why it's so hard to stop yeah it's hard because i was getting a lot of attention ursula and i was being awarded and rewarded and promoted and you know people were paying into me stroking my ego kissing my butt i was getting right. paid well i was getting a lot of attention you really think i wanted that to stop and we talked about that last time in part one on how you were rewarded Mm-hmm. Well, for work. the behavior mm-hmm. yeah interesting can we have another OG is coming up with some very good questions she asked what do you do when you think your mm, your child may be a narc I think that all three of my kids got quite a few traits I know for a fact I think the one is it's between my daughter and my oldest son my daughter is 27 my 28 my son's 27 she's about to be 27 28 saturday it's between those two for sure um for really? sure yeah for sure i i know it i see it i see the lack of empathy they don't care about love um my daughter has a daughter so that helps her out without that daughter uh, yeah i see 100 i know for a fact and i'm not a psychotherapist a psychiatrist a college or therapist i know for a fact that they have it and they need to get into therapy. But it's this whole, this new generation, the mm-hmm. narcissistic numbers, the MPD, MPD numbers are going to go up. I guarantee you that because- Why do you say that? 
because they it's like a badge of honor to say I'm narcissistic for them because yeah because lack of empathy they don't have to care they, they like not caring but they want others to care about them that's their grandiose mindset right mm. okay greed lust um overbearing egotistical self-centered selfish controlling. controlling yes this whole generation and the reason why the numbers are going to go up you know why my 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 generation it was for black men it was taboo to go into therapy oh my god yeah okay. it is now, like that now now you, you think about it well yeah but now it's these kids will go into therapy because it gives them a day off of work a day out of school right look how easy it is to we have to accept transgenders which i'm fine with we have to accept male and male and female and female, female marriages which i'm fine with that but they they're they're okay it's okay to be who you are who you feel that you are rather my generation thinks it's abnormal or not they think it's okay and it's normal for them to be this whatever they want to be in the gender you know i want to be called miss so i want to be called highly intelligent i want to be called um, a lady my name is brenda whatever we have mm -hmm. to accept it so these kids are brought up in a society where we thought things were abnormal if you were gay or bi or transgender bisexual whatever but it's normal now and so you can't question it don't ask don't tell you can't question so they have a lot of rights they can do what they want when they want they're not even working eight hours a day they're not working 40 hours a week they're making videos and getting rich off of that so yeah these kids this generation is going to be if they choose to go sit down and get therapy they will because it's like a badge of honor to be considered narcissistic look at all the kids that got add and adhd they'll brag about it well, I got ADD, so I can't do this. Why? Well, I, I, I didn't take my pills, so my mom needs to come to my school and take me home. F you, and they curse an adult. Yeah, this generation is going to blow the numbs up for MPD if they start to go get therapy. Yeah. Mm. So let's, talking about therapy, um, I do feel that there is an uptick with it being socially acceptable, especially with our brothers that talk about mental health, mental illness, therapy. Um, what would you tell a black man who is against going to therapy or think, oh, I can talk my, I can therapize myself or no, he can't because he, no, he can't because he's not going to criticize himself. In therapy, Ooh, you get criticized. That's good. Yeah, he ain't going to do it. He ain't. That's why he's not doing it now because he knows what's going to happen in talk therapy. You got to answer questions. You have to go back to your childhood. I was like. She's like, Leon, next week we're gonna talk about your mother. I was like, no, 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 the hell we not. I didn't say that, but I was thinking, no, I'm yeah. not coming back. But I had to go back because when I didn't show up to therapy, she emailed my captain and he's like, Hey, Mr. Walker, you need to you don't need to go to the hospital. I'm like, man, what's he just leave me the hell alone? You know? Right, but, right. Yeah, they're not gonna take the critic, they're gonna criticize themselves. They want they don't listen, Ursa. I've been doing this for 27 months. And in 27 months, I've amassed 420,000 followers, listeners. And at 420,000 followers, listeners, I've had seven men reach out to me. Seven. And out of those seven, three are consistent. And those three consistent black men are under the age of 40. Wow. So do you really think black men want to hear what I have to say? No. 99.9% .9 of my followers are women. Ooh. And I'm a man talking about 
the things that I did as a man. You would think men would be like, oh, cool, Leon. Thank you, man. You gave me courage to make a video. You don't see men like me and Lee Hammock making videos, black men. No. The black men you see, man, you talking about, the black men you see talking about, the black men that you see talking about narcissism is because they were victims by narcissistic women. So they claim, but all those women diagnosed narcissistic women. We don't know. But right. they, they're doing the videos about it. But you don't see other black men that are diagnosed narcissistic, narcissistic diagnosed men because they haven't gone to therapy. They don't sit there. They're afraid of the constructive criticism. They're afraid of the truth. And so was I. And so was I. Because therapy, now this was my, ex or is my experience because I still go to my group therapy. Shout out to Sarita Yvonne. However, when you hold a mirror to yourself, that is the most uncomfortable feeling ever. Just having that, for me it was, but it, it's as uncomfortable as it was, it wasn't that uncomfortable for me to not want to show up and come back to therapy. But on the other side of having some self-awareness about yourself, I feel that that's the, that's one of the, what the goal at the end of the other side of the rainbow you get it because right. becoming self-aware and learning about yourself for me it had ceased several of the toxic cycles that i was enduring and putting myself in subconsciously i didn't even know it yeah you do it and now i was still still find myself complaining about my ex-wife but it's like dude stop you caused her to become that person. I did. It's like, yeah, all right, I did. You know, but when I was in in the Navy, I ain't, uh -huh. gonna, I ain't gonna, nobody gonna criticize me, even though they might have been right. I did not want to hear it. That's why from age 20 to 45, 46, those men will not go into therapy because they don't want to hear. I wasn't ready to hear it at 46, but I was in the military. So it was like, look, you need to go. If you're not in the military, who's going to hold you accountable? Not your wife or husband. They've been telling you to go for years. You still ain't going to go. So age is 20 to like, I, I use 2046 because that was my time of my narcissistic personality disorder, 22 to 46, where I was untreated. Mm -hmm. so I know what these men out here that they have the traits that I have, or they got seven traits or eight traits or four traits. I know how they think. Right. I, I know exactly. I, I talked to a lady today. I'd never met this lady before in my life. And we started talking and I told her about her boyfriend. And she's like, everything okay. I said is he's 29. I said, this is what he's going to do. She's like, he did that. This is what he's going to do. I said, wow. yeah, we do. Earth, we do the same thing. It and is. I, a, yeah. And I told her about herself. I said, when he does it, you get mad. You cry. You tell him to leave. You miss him. You text him. You call him back. You curl up in the ball and you cry. And you go take him some food. You send him some money. his cash out. And it starts over. You have sex. And she started, it's like, would you just stop? Because I can't handle this. I said, well, you called me. And you wanted me to tell you the truth. She said, yeah, I know, I need to hear this. But it's it just hurts because it is the truth. She, she said, it seems like you just right here in our bedroom watching us talk and fight. I'm like, I don't care if he's a 6'8 uh, vampire, right? Viking, white guy with blue eyes. If he's narcissistic, I know what he's going to do. I know how he's thinking. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Um, we have viewer questions, but
But before we do, so I want to let everyone know, um, and I just told Leon this, when we had our part one, my inbox was going off. People were asking me questions. And can you ask him this next time? Can you ask him? So this is just a few questions. But before we tap on that, I wanted to get your thoughts on empathy as far as how it looks now versus how it used to look. For me? Yes. Oh, before, it was like, you need to get the hell away from me with that. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. And I got reported when I was in the Navy that he don't care. He's bipolar. He's too hard on us. He doesn't have empathy. He doesn't have sympathy. He doesn't feel bad for people. And I was like, so MF what? You know, I'm right. getting promoted, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have time to deal with people that were crying and all this stuff. I was like, get over it. If I made it, you can. I've been molested. I got my uncles touched me. My parents got divorced. My daddy died of alcohol. My father, my mother died from crack. Get over it. I don't want to hear your problems, buddy. But now it's like, so I didn't give myself a chance to connect to empathy and realize that it was I was hurting people. I ain't had time for that. Oh, no, because it's like I got to sit down and hear your BS, which <laughs> my leaders, senior leaders used to say, man, you know, I told this one kid, I said, look, man, <laughs> when you come to work tomorrow, before you get here, I want you to drive your truck off that bridge, okay? What? Wait, yeah. say that again. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I said it. Um, God damn. That's how bad it was, Ursula. I said, wow. before you, before you, yeah, yeah. And he tried. Wait, what did he say? What was his response? He tried to do it. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. made you, boo, you know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. 
other sister auntie, tribe of Ashanti, rocking your locks, I got a close crop blondie, the curse and the gift uplift, apply pressure, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together. Shift together.